Did you know that it is Asian American Pacific Islanders Heritage Month? Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI-owned brands right now, like Carden, Kaja, Amelia George, and Hey Meath. Plus, you can help support college access and student success when you donate online or round up in-store to APIA Scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native, Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. The best part of spring cleaning is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out that you've been paying a fortune for wireless, and then Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data, unlimited talk and text, delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone and any Mint Mobile plan and bring your own phone number. Along with your existing contacts, ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. My team here, they're on Mint Mobile and they like it. For a fraction of the cost, Mint Mobile proves to have excellent coverage with no drop calls or unsent texts. Plus, they make it super easy for me to activate my device just by following a few simple steps online. And bam, done. To get this new customer offer and the new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash literally. That's mintmobile.com slash literally. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash literally. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speeds slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. How are you busy? I'm good, Rob. How are you? I'm good. I was so excited to talk to you because I haven't seen you in so long, and I always have so much fun when we're hanging out. It's been years. Hey, everybody, it is literally, and I am Rob Lowe. I don't care what any of you say. I know who I am. Um, guess what? Busy Phillips is with us today. She's just so charismatic. She's done everything. Freaks and Geeks, Dawson's Creek, her own talk show, and currently starring in Girls 5 Eva about a one-hit wonder girls band, which is super fun. And she's just a good a good all-around person and fun. So let's get to it. Busy Phillips, let's get busy. I've gotten to know your bestie a little bit. Really? Yes. Oh, wait, I think I did know that. You guys were together on vacation, kind of. Yes, M- Michelle Williams uh, <laughs> is, is notoriously, and I say notoriously your bestie because literally you two, first of all, the shot of you guys take each other to award shows all the time, as far as I can tell, right? I mean, Rob, let's be kind. She takes me to award shows. Do you know what I mean? When she's nominated for the big ones. She does um, quite often get nominated, Michelle <laughs> yeah. Williams, for, for everything. And <laughs> yes. the, the picture of you guys, you in particular, when the Oscar, when they fuck up what picture yeah. is being presented at the Oscars. Yeah. And you Moonlight and Michelle. Moonlight and La La Land. Yeah. 
uh, the, the picture of your face. Well, it's it's amazing. I've never had I I I, I lack what they call a poker face, Rob. Well, the, so the, I think any any actor who has a <laughs> poker face is not a good actor. Well, that's a good way of looking at it. I'm gonna I'm gonna think about it like that from now on. Well, but yeah, uh, I that was truly wild. I actually have that photo in my house. You should. Yeah. I mean, and Michelle does too. It's a legendary, legendary. Walk me. You got to walk me through it. You, I, I'm, I'm, I'm super obsessed. Like, when did you know? What was? <laughs> well, give me a, a second by second replay of that moment in your life because it may. It's my favorite thing ever. It was crazy, and also what was a little bit nuts was this year with everything that happened at the Oscars. Uh, people were putting that photo up again as like a meme, yes. but then people were. Mis- misunderstood and thought that I was there again. And I was like, I, I didn't, I was like getting all these texts from people. I'm like, no guys, I'm at, I'm watching it at, at home like everyone else. Um, well, Michelle was nominated that year for uh, Manchester by the sea. That's why I was sitting next to Ben, ben Affleck um, because right. his brother was in that movie and was nominated. So uh, anyway, it was it was the last award of the night, you know, it's best picture. It's the last award of the night. I remember Michelle and I really had to pee. We almost left because I was just like, I mean, you know, I loved Moonlight. I was a huge fan of of that of that film. And and it did seem like La La Land was going to win, like it felt like it was trending that way. And so I was like, well, we're going to they're going to win. It'll be fine. I Let's just let's get beat the lines. Yes. And go to the bathroom. And Michelle's publicist was like, guys, it's one award. Just stay seated. Just, you can just, you can make it five more minutes. And we're like, oh, okay, fine. <laughs> so we're sitting there like not, ex- you know, expecting it to go as it, as it went, which was La La Land. And then a few things started happening that were just, I, I, I'm like, I'm trying to remember it because it was several years ago now. And of course, pre-pandemic, so another yeah. lifetime. But I remember that there was like a guy who worked for the production, worked for the show, the Academy Awards, who like scurried down and was, because we were in the front row, and was like sitting right next to uh, Casey Affleck and saying like, it's a mistake. It's a mistake. They read the wrong thing. It's, it's not, it's, it's Moonlight. It's Moonlight. And I remember Michelle and I trying to, I'm like, what is he saying? What's going on? And then as it all started to unfold, it was just so shocking, like how everyone was handling it on stage. Was there like, was it like a, like when a bar fight starts out, like you hear it rumbling and you're like, what's going on in the corner? Is something going on in the corner? Yeah. Yeah. I remember feeling like nervous at first, like that something really bad was about to happen. Right. Yes, I'm a, I'm always aware of my surroundings and what's happening. Yep. And as soon as I heard the production guy, it became clear that it wasn't anything terrible. Well, right. I mean it was depends right. if I guess if you're La La Land. Well, let's it face was. it, it was it was a national tragedy. <laughs> I think it's I think it's fair tragedy. that we can we can call it <laughs> what it was. Then it was just like this was the greatest thing that I'd ever seen. Like I I mean to be able to have literally a front row seat, Rob. A front row. You literally had a I front row seat to to a Hollywood conflagration. I now, mean, and at what point 
And now Warren is up there. Mm-hmm. It's Warren Beatty and Faye Dunaway. And then though, who there's, it's not Warren who, cause uh, it, it's Moonlight. It's Moonlight. You guys won. It's Moonlight. Like totally thrown away casual. Is that the producer of La La Land who's already made it to the stage? Yeah. It was really weird. Cause he thanked everyone. The producer thanked everyone. And that, but like, he said, I think, I can't remember the order of things. Like, he either said first, we didn't win, but I just am going to thank, like, and thanked everyone as if he had won. It was weird. What what a train wreck. And by the way, can I just say, people, like, longtime listeners of this show know that that I, I, I'm totally irked that every year when the Oscars comes out, there's a list of Oscars most embarrassing moments. And I'm still on it from 30 years ago from doing a song and dance with uh, Snow White, which I remember total debacle. <laughs> I mean, stipulated as the lawyers would say debacle, debacle, debacle. But guys, let's be clear. <laughs> we had someone didn't even know what best picture was. And I'm still on the list somehow. I do think I do think that the statute of limitations on that has run out. I think that you got I think you're off the list. I, th- I think what we I'm need saying. I think so, too. I think David David Niven and the streaker need to go off the list. I agree because I was I was called bullshit on that. You know why? Because when David Niven looks around, and is like, oh, there's a streaker on the stage. It's so perfectly framed. It is to me. I feel like that was a bit to begin with and that they've never owned up to yes i believe you i don't believe anything's real anymore rob so for sure it's the metaverse where it's a matrix nothing's real i'm not here you're not here no this is this is this is a rabbit hole i don't often go down because i don't want anybody come and put me in a straitjacket. yeah but do you get you get into it oh way into it do you think that there are like like string theory, you know, that there are multiple mm-hmm. timelines happening simultaneously. 100%. Or... 100%. Mm-hmm. I do too. And sometimes like I think of those things, those fever dreams or when you have deja vu or whatever as like it's a, you know, it's a glitch. I mean, yeah. I guess glitch in the matrix became <laughs> a saying after the matrix, but right. like it's just, it's a glitch where your timelines for some reason are that's I don't know. I get into all that. Also, I did watch the Abercrombie and Fitch documentary at some point. I, I, I'm worried that if I watch it, I'm going <laughs> to smell that cologne. Well, it was like always a thing. I, I guess I was the age that was supposed to be into Abercrombie when Abercrombie was a thing. But I have really I've always had really bad sinus issues <laughs> 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 and I couldn't go near it because of that cologne. It would I know. it would drive it would give me like an instant migraine so even at, yes. as like a 15 year old i would get a migraine from i was always like an old lady i wonder what's so funny because i my mother my wife you're telling me have sense sense can will give them migraines like yes crazy crazy incapacitating migraines particularly certain colognes and perfumes yes and, same. but i have never met a guy that had i'd be curious to know somebody call into the lowdown line if you're a dude and tell me if you get incapacitated by colognes i think that migraines are my i'm not a doctor theory about this is that migraines are hormonally tied Ooh. and that there's something and you know we just don't 
honestly, they want to regulate it, but no one does enough research about women's bodies and systems and hormones. And we know so honestly, really not that much about menopause or perimenopause and what happens hormonally with women throughout their cycles. So to me, I feel like there's something tied with migraines and hormones. And maybe that has to do with your olfactory senses as well, because, you know, it's all about, right, like, ultimately, procreation. Yeah, that's true. At the end of the day, that's what we were designed for. Let me ask you this. If you were trapped in a mall, mm-hmm. where would you seek shelter? We've, we've ruled out Abercrombie. I don't want to be at Forever 21. No, no, no. Is there any place that you'd feel comfortable? I don't think I'd. What is it? The, the, the sharper image? <laughs> <laughs> for sure, they'd have massage chairs. Yeah. I mean, I would probably. This is. And now this is like, we have to go back to like heydays of malls, Rob, because they don't exist anymore, really, in the same way, right? Yes. You can't buy anything in stores anymore. That's like the most disappointing as a child of the 90s. To me, going to a mall now and going into a shop and having them tell me that I can go online to purchase the things. I'm like, I don't, this is not what I want in my life. Um, I would probably go to like a pottery barn. <laughs> By the way, the sirens in the background are the mm-hmm. dystopian they're coming to take you to the mall right now. I know. Get they re- really are. You better you better pack. <laughs> it's such a bummer. I I mean, I'm in New York City because we live here now. For the- Wait, there was the notion that there would be sirens in New York? I can't imagine why that would be. <laughs> but I do my podcast. This is where I do my podcast, too. And without fail, there are no sirens until, I'm not even kidding you, until 2 p.m. every day. No sirens in the morning. It was quiet. You could hear a pin drop in here and then 2 p.m. the sirens in New York start and I don't and then they don't stop. Now, you're in are you you do you are you a New York or LA person in terms of preference? I mean, look at me, Rob. What do you think? I know. I, I as okay. that was coming out of my mouth, I knew that was a stupid question. <laughs> I'm so LA that I walk down the street here and people are like, "Are you lost?" Uh, J- <laughs> JFK is that way, honey. Yeah, right. You're, you're going um, back. I know. I Listen, I I didn't have any of this on my bingo card. I didn't know that I was going to be living here. I didn't know that there would be a pandemic. I didn't know anything. But uh, it's been an interesting change. And I love the TV show that I'm on. And it films here. And as you know from doing television shows, when we're filming, it's all-encompassing. And my kids are little enough that I I can't also because of the pandemic I couldn't we couldn't all stay in LA and have me just fly to New York no, 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 to work. for sure it just wouldn't work so Tell, are you guys going to do an album for the show or have you done an album and I don't know it well they did it they released all the songs from the first season last year on I guess an album I mean I guess it's kind of an album can, can I just say something for a minute though I'm severely I'm not severely I don't want to say that I'm not I have some sort of visual processing disorder mm-hmm. it, it, where numbers, that's why I was so bad in math that like, like they, the kind of my, my eye doesn't recognize things. Mm. So when, so when people do the thing that you guys do with your title, it's girl, I literally read it as this girls five Eva. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's, 
That's what my mind. <laughs> I remember my, when my friend David Crumholtz did that CBS series, Numb Threers. Numb Threers was the worst, though. Numb Threers. Yeah, Numb Threers. I also I also called it Numb Threers. Did you? Okay, so I'm not <laughs> it's totally not crazy, but right? it is. It's girls five ever. So you're not. I mean, it is. Okay, so five. You're pretty right. Okay, good. I I thought. See, I thought there was maybe a the five was also doubling as a backwards s somehow. I didn't. oh no, girls five ever. Five, five ever. <laughs> Tell me, I. So what I love about it is it's is it is it wrong to think it would be a modern day companion piece to the Partridge family? <laughs> I, well, I don't know. I actually is that a stretch. I, I don't know. I mean, you're gonna hate this, but I I kind of miss the Partridge family. Well, you're a lot younger. I'm an old man, and when I was young, that was a big show, and I modeled my whole early career on David Cassidy, particularly my hairstyle. And so I can see why you wouldn't know it because you're a young person. And I'm, I mean, that is the kindest, but also most untrue thing. And I'm feeling old. I don't know. I think maybe it's just the passage of time. The kids are getting so much older and they're not like babies anymore who've like made me something in kindergarten, you know, Aww. like, and it's just, and I just feel so old. I just feel so old. And all I've ever wanted was to stay young forever. <laughs> the great irony is, Busy, you still look and act like a teenager, but you don't see it. It really is. You're very, you have very teenage energy. Very true. And I mean that in the best way. Really true. Thank you. But Rob, you've always been very youthful, I would say, as well. I Look, I think, I think people, certain people's spirits, and you've seen it the opposite. I, I've met friends of my kids when they were much littler than they are and like oh that's an old soul or like and <laughs> or they seem like an old man already i mean it's weird when you see it and i just think people's you know spirit souls whatever have an age yours is a teenager mine is not a teenager i don't think if you're thinking about doing some home remodeling check out window world Go to windowworld.com and check out their Windows Inspiration Guide. The guide is a dream book of page after page of beautiful windows. It's not just about how good they look. These beauties earned the Good Housekeeping Seal and Energy Star certification. Go to windowworld.com to schedule your free consultation. Tell them you heard about it here on Literally with me, Rob Lowe, Window World, America's Exterior Remodeler. Well, you know, no two travelers are exactly alike, and that means no two trips should be either. Texas, vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activity allow for such an infinite number of different travel experiences. I mean, I love Texas. I go like this. The people of Dallas, the culture of Austin, and I love any time I get there. If you're a beach person, well, you can go have fun in the sun with Texas 350 miles of coastline. If you're a rugged vacation type, there's campgrounds, hiking trails, state parks, golf is nuts there, foodies, you got your Texas barbecue and live music in Austin. And of course, if you're into the cowboy scene, you can certainly find it there. And now, Travel Texas offers a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom trip matched to their own unique interests. So visit TravelTexas.com slash own to get the only trip to Texas that matters, yours. 
That's traveltexas.com slash get your own. Shopping for humans is hard. Shopping for your dog is easy. Thanks to Bark. Every month, we deliver toys and treats just for your pup. They deserve to be spoiled every month. At Bark, we send your dog a whole collection of toys and treats made just for them every single month. Whether it's our fun plush toys or our ultra-tough toys from Super Chewer, we give your dog exactly what they want. And for a limited time, we will double your first box for free. To get your free upgrade, go to BarkBox.com Rob. BarkBox is so convenient and delivers straight to your door and more importantly, right to your dog. I can't wait to try out BarkBox. My dogs need their toys, particularly the chewable toys. Sign up now at BarkBox.com Rob for an exclusive offer. This ad is now over. Let's get back to petting our dogs. You know, there's a theory that you get that if you're famous, you know, you get trapped at the age when you first became famous. Uh, and I believe that I, I, I believe it to be one billion trillion percent true. Yeah. You are like frozen in amber at the age you become famous. If you become famous and the only way to break out of the amber and grow appropriately is to do major work on yourself. Well, yeah. I mean, therapy is everything to me. Same, same. I mean, I guess I think that's I think that's very accurate. And, and think of it. Why wouldn't you stay at the age like that first blush of fame is pretty, you know, it's it can be pretty awesome. Or you know what? It's either awesome or it's it's totally debilitating and, and terrifying. Yeah, but either way, it it does sort of imprint on you. We I mean, that's really thematically one of the things that we kind of deal with in Girls Five Eva and specifically what I wanted to do with my character. So in the first season, you know, th- they were in their late teens when they were in this one hit wonder pop group in the late 90s. And I really wanted Summer to have that affected, very affected, like little girl baby voice (laughs) that she had used when she was a teenager that had gotten her, you know, all of like, just really. so good. Because it is something that you see and you hear and it's, it's always sort of jarring, but uh, and then how do you break out of that when you become aware of it? So this season that just started, we're trying to find the places where her voice modulates more Ooh. into an adult voice. I'm obsessed with One Hit Wonders, but of my era. So it's not 90s, but like, was it? Sp- I had the Spice Girls on Saturday Night Live when I hosted. They were my musical guest. And that was 90s. And, and it was that moment where they were the biggest act in the world. And they had Wannabe was the song. Yeah. And, oh, I and, remember. Yeah. Right. I went to the concert. Okay. No way. Yeah, I did. I was too old to go to the concert, by the way. I just loved them. Those songs are irresistible. Yeah. Irresistible. There's something incredible about an earworm. Yeah. And it's interesting because we actually, I feel like maybe this is true from the Partridge family as well, but, you know, we kind of have a big ask of the show, which is that we're talking about songs that were big hits, and then we have to perform those songs. 
you know, and this season specifically too, we're writing an album that we want to be really great. And we had to write and perform those, those songs. Well, I didn't write the songs, but, uh, Jeff Richmond, who's Tina Fey's husband, who did the music on SNL, probably when you were there. Yeah, he's super um, talented. Super, 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 super talented. So talented. And Sarah Bareilles. I mean, we're so lucky to have Sarah because she's written more hits than anyone. And the songs are really good. They're really good. So maybe we will do an album. Why don't you do a tour? Well, I would love it. That would be my dream. I can't imagine that you can't. I mean, people go and watch two idiots do a podcast. (laughs) Have you done that? Have you done that? I haven't yet, but I want to. I do a one-man show, though. You do? do? uh, Yeah, I do that. I do. When? um, I want to go. It's it's super fun. I think the next place I'm playing is um, Caesar's Palace, Las Vegas. Oh, my God. Amazing. Did you write it? How'd you put it together? I did it just like the books where I just did it on my own and mm-hmm. and like figuring nobody knows my material or what I want to say better than me and I'll do it. And if it's bad, I'll bring other people in. But it kind of everybody kind of liked it and it worked. So it's ignorance is bliss. I know nothing about it. And I just went out and did it. And it's super, super fun. Oh my gosh, I love that. I want to do a, a show like that someday. You would be great. No, you would. You would be great. You should do that because you're you're a hybrid in a way, I think, like me, where you're a little bit of everything. And you know what I mean? You're not really a stand up. You're super funny. Yeah. You, you know how to tell a story. You've got great experiences. It, it's why you were great in your, your talk show. It's like you should do it. You one billion percent should think about that. Hmm. Maybe I will. Maybe that will be my thing that I will think about this week. One of because you don't have enough to do already. Um, well, right. So the I'm obsessed with the show because I love. Okay, so it brings to mind like all kinds of Josie and the Pussycats mm-hmm. comes up for me. The girls in tails and hats and that cartoon again <laughs> way before your time. Um, well, I auditioned for the movie version in the early 2000s or the late 90s. Okay, well there you go. I didn't get it. Tara Reid got it. So you know. God damn it. I lost so many parts to Tara Reid in the 90s. See, okay, yeah. I lo- she, so she was your person. Every actor has that actor mm-hmm. where they're like, curses, foiled again by Tara Reid. Well, it was like Tara Reid and Natasha Lyonne were the two people that I lost all my parts to. And now I still lose everything to Natasha, but that's okay. She's hot as a pistol, kid. She's great. I'm obsessed with her. She's, she's fantastic. She's pretty great. Um, Do you see Tina on the show? Is Tina around on? Yes. Mm-hmm. I love Tina She's Fey. definitely around. I love me some Tina Fey. She might be the greatest. She's the greatest. Well, and also, Rob, you know, I've been doing this, like we sort of mentioned since I was a teenager acting yes. in Hollywood. Um, I was 19 when Freaks and Geeks started. So wait, Dawson, which was first, Freaks and Geeks or Dawson's? Freaks and Geeks. Freaks and Geeks. Dawson's Creek was like a huge hit. And... I was at, I was in college at Loyola Marymount University in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. and uh, that the the hit of Dawson's Creek was why I even got an agent because every agency in town all of a sudden wanted a teen on their roster to you know, and every network was trying to do a, a hit teen show, so. I just was like, 
19 at the right time yeah. <laughs> in the right place. <laughs> and in that year, that like pilot season, back when there was a real thing called pilot season, um, I had over 90, 90 auditions and callbacks and callbacks and tests like for wow. TV shows. Wow. Yeah. It was insane. And so I got that season. I, uh, got freaks and geeks and then i and i also got a i also did a guest star on another like wb tv show that didn't get picked up and but the, it was wild like my boyfriend at the time was colin hanks and he he got cast on roswell and i got cast on freaks and geeks and we both left college to be on our tv shows like it was like pretty awesome that's a thing that's a real thing it was it was it was a real thing yeah, it was fun. Freaks and Geeks is, uh, as you know, I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. It's it's up there with, it might be the probably number one show where people are like, it was one season and out and kind of perfect. And if you were going to look at shows that were canceled before their time, it's probably, I hear Freaks and Geeks. I hear Firefly mm-hmm. is another one. And then in all modesty, my show, The Grinder. Those are, you hear those like one season where you cannot believe that they were on the air because they were so distinctive and ahead of their time. And, and it's, it's, it's sad, but it's also kind of cool. Like it existed. It was this one thing and that was it. And a lot of people, I mean, particularly of freaks, the careers that came out of that's nuts. I mean, I mean, well, yeah. Paul Feig created it, mm-hmm. but Judd executive produced it. They had done heavyweights together. The the movie they had been working together for a couple of years, and um and Jake Kasdan directed the pilot. Jake Kasdan directed the Grinder. Yeah. By the way, can we talk about the Grinder for two seconds? First of all, Jared Paul, who created the Grinder, uh, is a good friend of ours, He's the best. and for many many years, the best. But also. Rob, I'm going to tell you something now that's going to blow your mind and you can text Jared later and he will confirm. Please. Mark Silverstein. Yes. He came up with the idea for the grinder. No way. And Abby, his writing partner, were like thinking about it and had lunch with Jared and Andy, I think, or maybe just Jared and kind of told him the idea. And then Jared and Andy were in pitching to Fox or whoever they had their deal with. And Jared called Mark after and he's like, I think I just pitched your idea. Uh, and they love it. And can we do it? And Mark was like, yeah, it's fine. Go for it. That's a true story. Well, tell him thank you. Yeah. But we, but it, we, I was such a huge fan of the show. I loved that show so much. And you were so fantastic on it. It was oh, such a great show. Thank you. I, I think you can get it on Hulu now, finally. You can. <gasps> you guys watch it. Watch The Grinder. But, you know, but they're so weird about how they put shows out on streaming or pull them. They I don't know what that is, probably because they don't want to pay us. I don't know. That's what I just always assume. I should have. I can't believe we didn't get you on the grind. Well, you would we would have figured out a way to get you on the grinder. I think I was on Cougar Town at the time. You're on Cougar Town. By the way, another great mm-hmm. name. You and names. Name, good names follow you. I just have good luck. You had the single best name ever for a talk show. Ever. Ever, ever, ever. Never to be repeated. Ever. <laughs> best name ever. Busy tonight. Best ever. Thank you. That was also ahead of its time. 
Out of it, 100% it was. Like, people was, or like, to me, you should have a talk show, I, which I kind of, this is what this kind of is. But the, the thing, and I quote the great Lorne Michaels, um, where he was talking to Jimmy Fallon about taking over The Tonight Show. And Lauren said, you know, if you do it, Jimmy, it'll be the last job you ever have. Right. It's hard to like do in terms of like acting and having other. I mean, but look, Jimmy is a very, very prolific producer now. He's got so many different shows that he's producing. And I think it depends what you want to do, you know? But you loved I mean, did you love it? I loved it. You did love it. I, I loved knew it, it. Right? Yeah, it was the best. I also, you know, we did four nights a week, which I felt really strongly about because the guys always get four or five nights a week. And right. and everybody was like, you're going to want to die. It's going to be too much work. And, you know, we had a largely, I mean, almost 100% female, like behind this, you know, executive writers. And we didn't have that many writers. We were doing it for no money. Like, a real shoestring budget. Wow. And I, we had the most fun and I never felt like overwhelmed or that it was too much work. I mean, there were days when I was very exhausted when we would have to do two shows in one day. That was when I would need to lie down. Yes. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Early. Yes. But we had the best time and the environment was really supportive and great. And I'm really proud of, what we were able to do. We gave a lot of people shots on our show behind the scenes that they maybe wouldn't have gotten. Otherwise we got two writers into the union, you know, and, and Tina Faye was our executive producer on that too. And she would send me notes on text in between my like run through and what kind, what kind of notes does Tina give joke pitches, you know, or, how to tighten up a joke or um, maybe lose a joke. <laughs> so it's not, it's not Lauren, Lauren pitches where, where Lauren, will be, um, your desk is too big. No, but the, but the executives had a lot of those kinds of notes. Mm. Like I needed to not touch my hair so much that ah. <laughs> they wondered if when I changed my nail polish color, if that would be upsetting to the I'm not even a joke. That was a note. I'm bumped by Busy's nail polish. I noticed she's changed it. It's really it's triggering for me. You know, the only thing I ever let interrupt my podcast, my dog. Take a minute now, please. Pet your dog while you learn about Bark, the company dedicated to making dogs happy. Every month, BarkBox designs and delivers a whole new collection of toys and treats just for your best bud. Every toy is tailored to your pup's size and play style. From squeaky plush toys from BarkBox to ultra-tough, durable ones from Super Chewer. Every treat is made with yummy, healthy, all-natural ingredients like pumpkin and sweet potato. Each box is inspired by a new theme and comes with fun surprises for you and your dog. For a limited time, they'll double your first box of goodies for free. I love making my dogs happy. Love it. It's my favorite thing in the world. And my dogs are obsessed with their chewable toys. BarkBox offers treats to keep my dogs healthy 
and amazing new toys that keep my dogs entertained. To get your free upgrade, go to BarkBox.com slash Rob. Hey, listeners. Ever have trouble getting someone on the phone when you have a question about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So I came home to a little gift in my bathroom the other day from our friends at Harry's. To get what you want, you have to challenge the status quo and blaze your own trail. You know who challenged the status quo? Harry's. They saw customers getting ripped off by questionable products in the shaving industry and decided they had something better to offer. So instead of charging the same old ridiculous prices, Harry's found a way to make their beautifully designed razors, and they are beautiful, for a fraction of the price of the other big brands. Exceptional products, honest prices. That's Harry's. They have the highest customer satisfaction in shaving history and a no-risk trial. Don't like your shave? No worries. It's on them. Convenient subscription options that you can cancel at any time. And Harry's also has other self-care products that meet the same quality standards as their razors. Richly lathering, skin-softening body wash and scents like Redwood, Wildland, and Stone. And an extra high-quality, amazing-smelling deodorant for just five bucks. I love their stuff. I'm so impressed by Harry's products. All of it. It's all good. Don't settle for the status quo. Blaze your own trail with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash Rob. That's harrys.com slash Rob for a $3 trial set. It is weird how many people have a say when you do television. Oh, uh, yeah. Did they ever give you grief on your guests? Because that's always a, a big a big thing, as it should be, because the guests are everything about a show, really. Yeah, but it was also really strange. Like, they had a weird list of people that we weren't allowed to have on the show. Amazing. And we could not, for the life of us, figure out why. And, you know, it was also so infuriating at times because they kept saying to us, like, well, you really should have the Kardashians. We were on E!, the E network and yeah. the keeping up with the Kardashians was on E at the time. You really need to have the Kardashians on. And we're like, you really need to help us book the Kardashians. We can't <laughs> just book them. <laughs> well, isn't busy friends with Kim? I'm like, yeah, I mean, I've known Kim for a long time. I can like DM her, but that's not the same thing, guys. Like what they're really saying, it happens a lot, by the way. And I find it happens a lot only in the world of marketing, frankly, and publicity and like I was happy to do a lot of the of that extra work that I wasn't getting paid for just because I really believed in making a late night show for a different audience, you know. It was genius. No, it was great. So cool. Yeah, but it, you know, it's also just it was a bummer that we 
you know, it was a bummer that the business part of it is so businessy and that there are things that they never filled us in on. If they had come to us and said, you know, listen, we're dealing with this hole in the budget and there's some shakeups and whatever, it would be helpful if you went down to two nights a week. Like we would have done, you know, I would have kind of done anything to keep it going a little bit longer because I felt like toward the end it was really hitting its stride. But I am grateful to do my podcast now, as I'm sure you are, because it's just, yes, uh, there's no intervention. <laughs> like I just, we just do it. Yeah. You just do it. And you also have, you can talk about whatever you want. There's no time frame. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, I, so in my notes package on you, mm-hmm. there's a great story I have to ask you about this, this Sharon Stone thing. Mm-hmm. Is this a real thing when you were a little? Oh, yeah. Uh, you have to tell me the Sharon Stone story because this sounds mental to me, but also great. It was like the it was like the greatest thing. I am one of those people, and Rob, I feel like you are too. Where just this is based based on just nothing, just based on my being a fan of yours and like knowing you a little bit and through people, like just the wildest stuff has happened to me in my life and always happens to me. Yep, one hundred percent. My agent has been my agent. My agent Lori has been my agent since I was twenty one years old, and she says I have a huge file busy of it only could happen to you. <laughs> um, but so when I was a teenager in Arizona, I had auditioned. Auditioned. I mean, this is. There was a toy fair that was coming to town, oh, so and good. they had uh, and a to- it, It's like a corporate. It was like a corporate fair for where they show the toys for the next convention it was a toy convention convention. it was a toy convention but they call it the toy fair and i don't know if it was like in the local backstage magazine or whatever there was an open casting call you could go as an actor and audition to be one of the representatives of of the either barbie the Barbie brand Mm. or there was Cabbage Patch Kids. I mean, there were like all different places you could get put, Um, but they really wanted actors to do it. And their idea was always, I did it a couple of years actually. Um, And their idea was that they would dress the actors up like a life-size version of whatever toy they were selling. And that would somehow make the presentation not very um, boring when you're giving them this, statistical facts and figures of how their sales are going to improve with cool teen skipper with the color change hair. Yes. So anyway, I got the part. I got the part. I nailed it. And it was actually not Barbie. I It was the Clueless doll from not the movie, the Clueless TV show. Mattel was doing a doll line from the Clueless TV show that came after the Clueless movie. Amazing. And I was dressed up like Cher, the character, and did my whole presentation like teen girls are going to get or like preteen girls are going to go crazy. (laughs) But I was like the hit of the circuit because I did a really good impression, obviously, of of Cher from Clueless. And I guess Sharon Stone was close friends with the then CEO of... Mattel and she came one day there was just like all a buzz in the Barbie world like what's going on what's going on and uh my marketing rep from Mattel's like well 
the rumor is that Sharon Stone's coming through today. She's in town and she's visiting like with Jill, the CEO, and she's going to come see all the the dolls, just like walk through and see it. I have to say, wow, it was like kind of an amazing thing to see just because they build this huge, these huge sets for each toy and then they dress women up like a life-size version wearing the exact same thing as the doll. It was all very surreal. Like one year, a friend of mine did it in Arizona and she they built a mini ice skating ring Jeez. like for her inside and she was ice skating because there was like a new ice skating Barbie. So anyway, Sharon Stone comes through and she comes in with the CEO, which is a big deal. And my marketing girl's like, <clears throat> okay, go ahead, do your thing. So I start doing my thing. <laughs> and then at a certain point, the CEO just like puts her hand up like, that's enough. You know, you've you've done it. And Sharon Stone <laughs> is like, that was wonderful. You're, you're, you're very talented. I think you're going to be a big star someday. And legitimately threw her scarf like over her neck and walked out of the room. And I was like, did that? Did that happen? Sharon Stone. And this was like wow. 1997. This is the height of Sharon Stone. This is like I had seen this woman's vagina. Yes. I was floored. Also, by the way, she was so flawlessly most beautiful person I had ever seen up. She was a movie star, yeah. like the most movie star of a movie star I had ever seen in my life. Yep. And maybe to this day, I'm not going to lie. Yep. And yeah, and she just, she sort of like just decreed, you know, she's like, you're going to, you're very talented. You're going to be a huge star someday. And like threw her scarf and walked out of the room. And I felt like, well, now. She anointed you. That's what it felt like. Couldn't let her down. <sighs> had, to, had to go. But I love, I, I love so many things about this story. But the thing I love, I think even more than the Sharon Stone of it all is, the notion of auditioning for a toy fair in oh, Arizona. Because yeah. look, I'm from Ohio. I'm from Dayton, Ohio. That's exactly the kind of stuff I did as a kid. Exactly. And people always go, how do you become an actor? How do you, be my kid wants to be in acting. What are, how do you, that's how you do it. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. Truly. I also think, you know, my parents made me made me work get jobs i always worked and i worked at california pizza kitchen for a long time mm -hmm. as a hostess and in high school and then before i got freaks and geeks and i think that the work ethic part of this job is not to be underestimated because yeah i'm sure you've heard this before but you know I remember my friend who was a manager used to say, like, in order to have longevity in Hollywood, you have to be talented, you have to generate goodwill, and you have to be hardworking. And a person can get by for a period of time with only one of them or only two of them. But if you don't have all three of those qualities, your career will not last you your lifetime. Like, it will be short-lived. Yeah, I 100% you know. agree because I've, I can just look back on my life and go, of those three things, okay, I need to do, I, I need to be using 
the first, second, or the third. You it, you always have to use. You may not have to use all of them at the same time, but there comes right. a time where you have to. You're gonna have to be able to have all three gears, one hundred percent, one hundred percent, and also like, I mean, how many times have you heard about actors or? directors even or writers where you're like oh that guy is super talented but you know what he is not pleasant to be around I would not want him on my set and then those people just slowly fade away because ultimately no one's got time for that or you know or somebody who doesn't want to work hard doesn't want to show up and and, but here's the my favorite is they always couch it under a a, a euphemism he's he or she he's super picky (laughs) <laughs> which means he doesn't they don't like to work they don't like to work yeah they don't like to work mm-hmm. they don't like to work god bless but you know you know who i had, I had a great talk with about this is michael kane and mm. you know you're young enough that you may not even remember there was an era where michael kane was sort of considered a hack like there were jokes there yes there were jokes about he'll show up in anything just write him a check he doesn't give a shit blah 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 blah, blah, blah. like in the i would say there was, there was, there was a period of time for sure. And we talked about this, Mike, he and I, and in, you know, now he, listen, he always, he, like, I think he won the Oscar for Alfie. So he's always had a great career. I'm not saying that, mm-hmm. but he worked all the time is what I'm saying. He worked all the time. He wasn't super fussy about what he did. He literally, I think would do like Jaws three and then, you know, go and work with Woody Allen when, when that was a sure. thing to do. And <laughs> it's not a thing, not to a thing anymore. to do now, but it was a thing to do then. Um, and he said of his peers that he came up with, he said, he says, I wasn't the most talented. I wasn't the best looking. And, uh, but what I, all my peers either forgot how to act because they were too picky. They literally forgot how to act. Yeah. Cause they're always looking for everything had to be perfect. Everybody had to be a fancy director. Everything had to be, you know, the greatest thing ever. And those things come around so infrequently that when they did come around, they had forgotten how to act. The other, and said, and the other people drank themselves to death or whatever. But it's like, if you just kind of keep your head down and work, you know, you end up being who Michael is today. This, you know, as you should be a revered, you know, genius. Yeah. And I also think that people, I think actors get really caught up in being cool. Yes. And it's like, well, I don't even know what that means, quite frankly. But that changes decade to decade. It does. It changes. I mean, quicker now even that. Yeah. Year to year. And and I think that if you can just try to focus on things that, like, I mean, like I have criteria, you know, like I have things that I feel really strongly about, like that when I'm thinking about my work as an actor but i've also cultivated all these other you know the writing and podcasting now and and these other things so that i don't have to be reliant on being just an actor for hire which i was for so many years reliant on that and you know bless tina fey for keeping calling me cuz she's really been my like fairy godmother yeah everybody needs that and and but you're right. The um, my son um, is a young actor writer, and I told him that you know he could, you know I I give my blessing to do whatever makes him happy, obviously. But the days of being an actor for hire in our business are over. No, totally. I don't know, but it, but when I was young, we 
we all did that. We would Same. we worked out. We uh, we went to the beach and we uh, waited for our phone to ring and our auditions. That's literally what we did. No, I mean, I when I started out, I remember like having an idea for something and pitching it to my agent or somebody at the time, like, and them saying like, well, I mean, I guess we could try to find a writer to work with you. And yes. like, I, but I don't even know what that would be. Yep. You know, I, it wasn't a thing. It wasn't to a thing. Be at all. And I remember when Judd, when Seth Rogen, you know, who's like a year and a half, I think younger, younger than me at that age, you feel like it's so much younger. <laughs> now right. we're like, we're essentially the same age. Right. Um, but I remember when Seth was telling me like, oh yeah, Judd's going to read this script. My friend Evan and I wrote together and I was like, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> like it never had occurred right. to Wait, me. You wrote like, a script? Huh? Yeah. I, it was really, you know, and then, and I think, but, but it was fantastic. Like the, those, that the opportunity of having, you know, Judd and Paul and Jake being sort of at the at the you know top of the chain in my first job was just so fortuitous because they really listened to our ideas and they really took all of us seriously. And I mean, I didn't bring them anything because again, I was like still in this other headspace of like I'm just going to have to audition and get these parts but it it did help I think for me to start thinking about the possibilities in the future you couldn't have had better people and they started it they those guys you know Evan and Seth Rogen and they they, they and and people in from that school mm-hmm. really made this sort of actor the hyphenate actor hyphenate thing yeah a real thing And I like, you know, I think I spent too long in my 20s sort of feeling like it's such a boys club and why can't I be in it, you know? Right. But ultimately, like, I think that the way that I've found my own voice, it was exactly the path that I needed to take, you know? Because I'm just so much clearer about the things that I want to say as opposed to trying to say a thing to get a laugh out of someone else. Yeah. You know? Oh, for sure. For sure. No, it's, and you, and that's what I always like about you and, and all the stuff you do is it, it's, it's clearly coming from a, a very unique, fun point of view. And that's the key to anything. I mean, that is the key. Literally. I love getting a chance to catch up with people who I don't normally see all the time, who I like, like busy. It's one of the great things about doing this show. Um, how great is she? She's funny, smart, hyphenate. She's a person you want in your foxhole. For sure. Um, anyway, you got questions? I got answers. Let's hit the lowdown line. Hello, you've reached literally in our lowdown line, where you can get the lowdown on all things about me, Rob Lowe. 323-570-4551. So have at it. Here's the beep. Hi, Rob. This is Gail from Missouri, Kansas, Georgia, and Nebraska. Those are all places that I've lived, raised a family, and made lifelong friends. 
So when I go on a road trip to one of those destinations, I uh, literally listen to your podcast like I've been doing all day today. And it got me wondering, when was the last time you went on a road trip and where did you go? Thank you so much for your fun and interesting conversations. They really help make the uh, miles go by quickly. Bye-bye. Gail, thank you for that. Okay, sometimes the universe talks to you in unexpected ways. You have convinced me I need to go on a road trip. It's something I've been thinking about for a long time because I haven't done one in, in a long time like I did when I was a kid, and they're such a big part of my my memories. I, I don't know if they have Stuckies anymore out on the road, but that used to be the best. 25 miles to Stuckies, 15 miles to Stuckies, five miles to Stuckies, and then you go in there and they, they sold all that crap that was just amazing. Trinkets and the, the, and the what were the pecan rolls I think they had? Um, right? Stuckey's pecan rolls. Let's go. I'm dating myself. Anyway. Um, yeah, I would, I, my favorite one I probably did when I was a kid and we drove from Dayton, Ohio in our VW van. Um, and we went all through, uh, the black Hills of South Dakota, saw Mount Rushmore, Yellowstone, and then all the way back to Ohio. It's a lot of time in the car. My memories of it were, you know, this is no smartphones, no tablets. I had a book and my imagination. And I look back on that and I feel so sorry for kids today. I really do. It's like, okay, yeah, they can watch, you know, Frozen for the billionth time, but they're not using their imagination. They're not dealing with how to deal with boredom and not to go totally far astray, but I think the biggest thing in raising kids today and having kids is their lack of ability to sit alone and deal with boredom. We had to. And boy, do you have to do that on a road trip. I did also once rent a Winnebago the first year I was on the West Wing. And I damaged it right away getting out of the driveway and then ripped the bicycles off the back going over that famous bridge that you see in all the car commercials up at Big Sur, but it was so fun. There's something about a road, I'm just saying, you're so on it. There's something about a road trip way better than some fancy trip on a plane. So thank you for inspiring me. I'm going to hit the road trip and I think it's going to be through the deep South. That's where I, that's where I want to go next. Thanks for calling. I hope you enjoyed the show. We'll see you next week on Literally. Don't forget to subscribe. Come on, subscribe. You want all of this. You don't want to just cherry pick stuff. You want the whole Megillah. I know you do. Do it. Don't forget Parks and Recollection if you're a Parks and Rec fan, wherever you get your podcasts. And I will see you next week on Literally. You've been listening to Literally with Rob Lowe, produced by me, Rob Schulte, with help from associate producer Sarah Bagar. Our coordinating producer is Lisa Berm. Our research is done by Alyssa Grawl. The podcast is executive produced by Rob Lowe for Low Profile, Adam Sachs, Jeff Ross, and Joanna Solitaroff at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson at Stitcher. All of the music you hear is by Devin Bryant. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week on Literally with Rob Lowe. This has been a Team Coco production in association with Stitcher. I love fast cars, but there aren't a ton of high-performance EVs. They're certainly out here, there. 
But when I when I get a chance to get behind the wheel of one, it's I love it. And I was blown away by the Kia EV6 GT. When you get behind the wheel of the Kia, it, it is literally like being in a state-of-the-art rocket ship, but also comfortable. The thing goes from zero to 60 in 3.4 seconds. It is the premium driving experience. And of course, it's an EV. So the climate thanks you. Sirius XM provides access to over 165 channels in the vehicle. Music, sports, news, comedy, yacht rock. Let's go. Little little steely Dan going in your Kia. Come on now. So check it out today. It is the all-electric Kia EV6 GT. I had a blast checking it out. Believe me, you should do it yourself via kia.com slash EV6. To learn more, that is kia.com slash EV6. Kia, movement that inspires.